Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversations and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Astrology is more than just cosmic hot air and planets far from reach. Chani Nicholas's work focuses on making astrology practical and relevant in these difficult times. There's no spiritual bypass here. We'll talk about what it means to be an outsider in spiritual work and how astrology can be a tool for social justice. Are you ready to meet her? Chani Nicholas has been a student of astrology for more than 30 years and a counseling astrologer for 20. Her ideas and philosophies are constantly shaped by LGBTQI2S, POC, and feminist writers, artists, thinkers, activists, and community members, as well as by her many brilliant colleagues and folks she works with both in individual readings and group setting. Chani aims to make astrology practical, approachable, and useful. You can find out more about Chani and her work at ChaniNicholas.com. Chani, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. A student of mine turned me on to your writing and to your website. And one of the things that I love best about reading your work is how uh, how truthful it is, how practical it is. I feel like when I read what you've written, it goes right to the heart of whatever it is that I'm dealing at the moment. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that. I'm so happy. What first drew you to astrology? Um, I had a reading when I was 12 years old, and it was actually a reading that was for me and my father and my stepmother and stepbrother and sister. And the astrologer had um, all of our charts and started to go through us one at a time. And this was like the third or fourth family that I was um, a part of at the age of 12. So I had a, a childhood of a lot of upheaval and a lot of different people and factors and not a lot of stability. And so <clears throat> I, was, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't a kid who had a very clear understanding of myself in relationship to family, the family systems that were always changing around me and like the dynamics. And so what happened in that first astrological reading is that she started, the astrologer started speaking this language that I had never heard anybody speak, but felt immediately familiar to me. And like someone was speaking a language that I knew, but nobody had ever spoken to me before. And so that was happening, but also at the same time, I felt like there was a way of understanding uh, my experience and and each of our different experiences through this kind of astrological interpretation. Um, and it, it, it helped me to clarify aspects of myself that I had never been able to, but also aspects of, of these people that I was, you know, a family with or, or beginning to become a family with. <laughs> and so, excuse me, it was... Um, it was a psychological kind of, um, it was a very astute psychological um, take on each one of us. And it just, it helped me to distinguish myself and in each of, of my family members in a way that 
nothing else had at that point. And so it woke something up inside of me and that astrologer had written a book and I got that book and I took it home and devoured it and then just was like on the hunt for astrological information ever since. Wow. It's a very unusual when you meet a 12 year old and you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? They don't say astrologer usually. Mm -hmm. So it's, mm -hmm. a, it's an unusual, did that set you apart? Were you vocal about that? Were you sort of open about that desire? No, I didn't know that I, I, I had no inkling of like, this is what I want to do for a living. It was just that this was something that I knew and it, and I, it, it woke something up in me. And so there was an immediate relationship with it. And I actually was very, um, it took me a long time to accept astrology as a profession. It, it, it was actually something that I resisted for most of my adulthood. So it's, that's not, that wasn't an easy road for me, even though it was obvious that it was something that I was adept at and that I could do. Um, it was something that I really rejected for a very long time. So as a young kid, I wasn't like, oh, this is, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do. It was just it was a it was a healing tool for me that I was desperate for, and so it helped me to make sense of the world in a way that nothing else had. And now, in your work, at least through my experience of your work, you are helping us make sense of the world as well. Mm. There's a nice there's a nice kind of a nice kind of symmetry to that. Mm. Now, mm. I grew up, I'm probably a lot older than you, so I grew up in the 1970s clutching my battered copy of Linda Goodman's Sun Signs and mm -hmm. looking up my, you know, horoscope mm -hmm. in the paper. Today's a good day to plant something in your garden or whatever. Right. Romance is in the cards today. Um, what is the relevance of astrology today? And especially when we look at not just our personal lives, but healing and the way we see the world, how we make things right in a world that feels like it's gone so terribly wrong in a lot of areas. I mean, astrology has the relevance that we give it. It's just a tool. You know, it's just a system. It's a system of knowledge, but it, it can be used for anything. Like, as, as a lot of us know, Nancy Reagan was really into astrology, and she had an astrologer, and she used the astrologer's information to help her husband, Ronald Reagan, make a lot of decisions that I definitely disagree with. So astrology isn't at all radical or progressive or anything. In its core, it's just a descriptor of the quality of time that we're in. Um, and so <clears throat> it is used how we, it, it, it gives us, it, it produces knowledge in ways in which we might use it. And it might help expand that insight so that we can then make change that we wouldn't have been aware of otherwise. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it depends on the consciousness with which it's used, right? So it can be used for doing things that, that are harmful as well. That's also, like, it, again, because it describes quality of time, um, it, it isn't commenting on our own moral standing. It's just commenting on the quality of the moment. And so if we're interested in using it to develop ourselves and heal and develop consciousness, then it can totally be used for that. Right. When we look at the time that we're 
in. And this episode is airing on March 27th. As we look at this time we're in, spring of 2018, is there anything that those of us who are trying to have an awakened consciousness, who do want to use astrological information for change and insight, what should we be aware of? Well, it really depends on if, if we're looking at a personal level, it's really important to understand what's happening in your own personal astrological chart. And then on a kind of bigger scale, um, what's happening globally, you know, for all of us is um, that in May, so it's like late spring, but in May, this planet Uranus moves into Taurus. <clears throat> and it hasn't been there for about 80-some years. Um, and Taurus is a sign of it's an Earth sign, so it's about the actual planet. It's about Earth, but it's also about resources. It's about how we practically make use of the world around us. And Uranus is a planet of innovation and of upheaval and of um, doing things differently, of breaking things open and redoing them in some kind of um, new way. And so there's something to be said for... Hopefully, I think in the most positive of ways, what this transit, and this transit will be like around an eight-year transit, so it's a, it's a new kind of era that we're starting to move into. Uranus will go into Taurus and then come back into Aries and then back into Taurus over the next couple of years, <clears throat> year and a half. Um, so one of the positive manifestations of this could be that we become incredibly innovative in terms of how we use the Earth's resources. There could be incredible breakthroughs and um, a kind of um, invigoration of environmental movements and need for that. Um, and other ways that, can, that this can be used on a kind of global scale is it makes me cautious about how people that want to possibly control bigger reserves of power and energy um, might use some of the more kind of shocking um, manifestations of, of, of climate change to manipulate the ways in which we get actual power, power, water, all of those things. So there's a kind of disruptive thing that's happening to our resources. So again, the disruption could be for innovation and like technology that helps to save the planet and <laughs> the human race <laughs> um, and, you know, wildlife and, like, the nature reserves on the planet. Um, and then, it, again, it's a neutral thing, right? It's like there's a distinct energy that it is, but it's how we engage with it. So um, I think both of those things are possibilities. And then also Saturn is has moved back into Capricorn. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, slower-moving planets in Earth signs now. And so, again, there's this focus on money, resources, systems, and how, how and where we're becoming conservative. Um, and so we can conserve and reserve things in a really positive way, and then we can become conservative and restricted, wanting to go back to when something was great again or wanting to like, be traditional in a way that's like regressive. Um, and so these are the these are the places in a in a very brief nutshell that we might find ourselves uh, struggling within or or wanting to kind of come into consciousness inside of those kind of um, archetypes. 
And it sounds like having this information always brings us into a place of choice. Where do we stand? Who are we? What are we willing now to do? What action is the right action to take? Right. Hmm. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. I'm talking with Chani Nicholas. You can find out more about Chani and her work at ChaniNicholas.com. You will be signing up for her email newsletter, please, at ChaniNicholas.com. I said you will be. That's too, like, prescriptive. Please consider (laughs) signing up and then do it because it's darn good at ChaniNicholas.com. With your ability as a writer with what what I would call a channel for the information mm-hmm. coming through and the way you put it out there. How do you see your own responsibility? How do you see your place in this work? Because when I read what you've written, although the tool may be neutral, mm-hmm. you to me are bringing um, passion and vision to what you share. How do you see your role? I'm anything but neutral personally. So if you you read or like listen to anything I say, I'm very explicit that I am very biased um, in in a, in my own way. And so you have to filter that out or, or enjoy it as it were. (laughs) In the Um, best possible way, I would say, but yes. I'm biased towards justice and freedom. Um, But uh, I think my, my responsibility in my life is, 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 is my healing. So, no matter what's going on, no matter what success has happened, no matter what, um, what is happening in my life, my responsibility is to keep tracking and working on my own development and my own healing because I will get things wrong and I will get things right and I will succeed and I'll fail and I'll do everything in between, sometimes all in one day. But if I don't, if I'm not there with myself, and using all of those activities of life for my own conscious awareness and evolving, um, evolving uh, consciousness, then I can't be of any service to anybody else, or not. I can't be at the, you know, I can't be my best self um, in the world. And so, I can develop myself as a writer, and I can develop myself as an astrologer, and those things happen. But you know, my main focus is to be um, doing the work that's mine to do is to take care of myself and my wife and our home and our life and to create as many spaces as we possibly can for love and healing and if possible justice to occur within that and then everything flows from that place but it all begins with my own dedication to my own healing. Mm. And it is possible because that I believe you and I are biased, I think, in pretty much exactly the same directions. So I <laughs> guess you're fine with me. Um, yes. But it, that justice is possible, I believe, because when we have the information, when we have the courage and the awareness to make the choices, and when we st- when we take steps, when we are in alignment with what we believe, yes, it will happen. Right. As long as we right. will continue to put ourselves out there. The cool thing about astrology and the work that I do with my intuition is that these are tools for like opening windows. Hey, look at this. Have you ever thought about it this way? Ooh, the light's coming in this way and it shines on something new. They're tools to help us have the courage to show up and, and act in accordance with our, our beliefs to make change in the world. And when we are kept without the information or when we're powerless or when we are afraid, change doesn't happen. Right. And I think, I think a lot of people want change and they want growth and they want, 
success and they want all these, excuse me, all these things. But I think that what we often forget or don't want to do is to risk the discomfort that we must go through on the way to growth. The growth and healing are incredibly, at times, incredibly uncomfortable, uh, painful things to, to engage with. Um, and so if, if we choose it, then we also have to be like showing up for that process all the time. There is that, that quality of outsider energy that I feel with you and that I feel I know in the work. So I'm a professional intuitive. I live with my wife and our children who are not the same color as we are in a suburban Midwestern state. And I mm. feel that outsider thing all the time, but there's also that outsider thing. And then somebody asked me what I do for a living. Oh no, I'm hmm. um, <laughs> right. But walking that edge, that outsider edge, I think is also important. Can we show up with truth about who we are mm. and really and really be there. And this to me feels like a time kind of in our, in our history, in our evolution as humans, when it's all hands on deck, everybody show up. Every voice is important mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think we are like our primal fear is to be like, there's a real primal fear in being an outsider because outside of the, community or outside of the coven or outside of the whatever the thing is, is there's less protection, but there's of course a greater freedom. Um, and, you know, being an outsider isn't for everybody, obviously, but um, I think that what you're saying is true. Like, I, you know, a couple of years ago, um, folks didn't feel as kind of awake to their own responsibility to be a part of society and to, and to understand what it might be to be a really activated uh, citizen. Um, and I think now there is uh, a fairly positive peer pressure in a lot of ways to be more engaged with what actually is happening. And so we're all, I think, a little bit more in touch with needing to step in and out of the outsider archetype and be more comfortable in that place from time to time. And for some of us all the time. Yes. Like, like me and maybe you too, but yes. Yeah. And it, yeah. that there's also that traditional idea though, of turning to the outsider for that's where sometimes the most uh, surprising spiritual guidance or awareness comes from because the outsider can sometimes speak from a perspective that is different than the perspective of the collective, mm -hmm. right? Of what everybody else, of what everybody else is doing. Have you felt as an astrologer outside of the, that sort of flow of spirituality and wellness, kind of the unicorn people? Um, <laughs> no offense to the unicorn people, but you know, have you felt outside of that flow? Yeah, I, you know, I don't really feel a part of any specific community, actually, except for my own, like, um, my own one that I, that I've made myself in a sense. Um, I'm not really a joiner. I'm not really somebody that's ever felt like I fit into any kind of mold. I don't, I don't feel like I, I belong to the astrological community per se. I don't feel like, um, I have that you know, that, that reaction when people ask me what I do for a living. Sometimes I just say I'm a writer. Um, 
And then when they say, what do you write? I say, well, I have an online business. <laughs> like, I don't feel like talking about it. I'll try to evade it, but usually it gets back to it. Um, and yeah, but you know, I've really, I'm probably much like you. I've really just made my own world in a sense and uh, live, live in it. And then also through my wife's work um, in the world, there's a kind of bridge between the astrology and the activism um, and so there's a, there's a way in which I feel like it's more than just my work or just her work. It's kind of our work together in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it helps me to open up to kind of like through her in a sense, open up to kind of broader, um, professional spheres in a way. Do you want to say a little bit about her, about that foundation to let people know where they can get more information? Yeah, so she um, runs an organization. She was the founder and uh, the executive director of an organization called Free From F R E E F R O M dot org, and it works. Uh, they work with survivors of domestic violence to gain financial stability and independence, because one of the number one reasons why people don't leave domestic violence and intimate partner violence situations because they can't afford to. And so she's trying to, her, the work that they do is, is about really kind of disrupting the systems that keep folks enabled and um, kind of in a negative uh, feedback loop around, um, you know, uh, the whole system that one gets into uh, if, if, you're, if you find yourself in a position where there's not a lot of resources available to you, but you need to leave a situation that's life-threatening or you and your children need to leave. Um, so she's trying to intervene and help folks um, create financial wealth as well for themselves so that they can, um, so that everyone has, a, has the ability to choose um, the kind of life they want to create for themselves. And that's information about that is available at freefrom.org. Now, Chani, I know we just have a couple minutes left. You get to work with people from all over the place. Are there any common themes or questions that people ask you that kind of give you an idea about what we are most concerned about at this time? Love and money. Who wants to know if they'll actually find somebody and what their career might be. You know, like more than money, it's really life, life purpose and calling. I feel like most people, that's where we're all interested in um, finding what our purpose is and where we might be most useful in the world. And that, and, and honestly, and I, I don't know if this is the same for you, but whenever I work with people, it's always, always comes down to, I tell a stranger something that they've known their whole life, but the fact that I'm a stranger telling them that is incredibly validating and allows them to accept themselves on a deeper level. And so I feel like the real question is, can I accept who I am as I am, and am I okay? And so I feel like my work a lot of the times is like, yes, it's written literally in the stars, like this is your talent, this is your thing, this was given to you, this is absolutely what you should go for, and it's the thing that you're passionate about. Why are, why are we doubting that in ourselves so much? Um, and so I feel like astrology is a is that kind of gift that can give us back what we already know deep down, but it's a validating, uh, it's a system of validation in a lot of ways. Um, and so, you know, then because it's a system of validation, people also get scared and say, is it going to validate my worst fear that I'm unlovable or will always be alone or, 
won't be successful in some way. Um, and so it's both of those things. It's like, please validate my hope and please help <laughs> help tell me that it's not going to validate my, my biggest fear. Hmm. Chani, thank you so much for being on the show. It's really great to get to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That is Chani Nicholas, and you will be signing up for her email newsletter at ChaniNicholas.com. And if you'd like to check out the Free From organization, that is FreeFrom.org. And of course, you're always welcome to check out KarenHager.com. That's a great place to find out about what's happening next on this radio program, as well as upcoming classes and events. You can book a private session with me there if you're so inclined. That's KarenHager.com. And if you believe, as I do, that when we focus our collective intention on something, we can make change. When we show up, when we set aside the time, and when we take positive action, things change. If you believe that, I invite you to join Opening the Peaceful Heart, A Call for Love. That is a free monthly guided meditation. We meet on the first Sunday of every month. You can uh, get details about that at openpeacefulheart.com. There's no selling, there's no yelling, there's no posturing, just 15 minutes of collective intention setting with people from around the world who want to focus on peace in our hearts and peace in the world, openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.